Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping as you know, we rely entirely on you to pay it forward and keep the mics on and the conversations like the one you're about to hear keep happening. Uh, how you do that is you click the link at the top of the podcast, it says patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. And it's the easiest bit of activism you can do. Once a month, you throw us that few quid and it helps us carve out that space so we can keep being the irritants that we want to be. We understand it's tough out there at the moment, so we appreciate every cent we get. But it isn't the one-way street. You get tons of additional content, including the last few days alone. Sarsha Exton joined Rory to talk about her uh, intervention, shall I say, to Eamon Ryan's speech and the reaction she received uh, as a young climate activist, uh, one of the people behind Fridays for Futures. Uh, Porrick Fogarty joined us. If you were uh, living under a rock, you might not have known that Porrick Fogarty left the Irish Wildlife Trust over a blog that he wrote where he made a comment about the Irish Farmers Association and some of the members or some of the actions lurching to the far right uh, went over really well with our members at the moment and of course Shami Malik Miam and Harry Mac Evansonia joined us for our Sunday show and it went a little bit all over the place all of those and our entire back catalogue of over about 1300 podcasts now at this stage are in one consolidated feed at patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack you'll be doing us a huge favour and you're saving yourself the grief of having to listen to this I'm going to wrap it up now and let you get to the podcast <laughs> Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn. Delighted to be joined on the podcast back by um on back on the podcast by Tony Groves. Tony is, of course, as listeners are very well familiar, the producer of Reboot and the host of Echo Chamber as well. Tony, it's great to have you back on Reboot. Thanks, Rory. And uh, obviously, you know, it's 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 You've put in a blinding couple of weeks of people won't know as things start to come out over the last few weeks. So I'm looking forward to the reaction. But I will say this Sorsha Exton um, uh, podcast you did the other day that's just out for patrons at the moment um, completely resonated with me. We were so blessed to have young people so determined to change things. And we sometimes we just need to get out of their way or maybe stand with them rather than, you know, uh, tell them they need to, to, to mature a bit. She was brilliant. She was. She really was. I'd really recommend people to listen back to that. No, there's been some really interesting podcasts um, over the last few weeks and uh, talking to Connor Crummy as well from Manute about the right to housing is a very interesting one and real detail on what the wording might be. And he was um, very, and, he was very, very particular about it. So to yeah, his but, credit. But brilliantly so. And I think yes. rightfully so. And I think mm-hmm. it sets a really clear um, marker for what should be in the referendum and of course the question is where is it um and also we talked to um you had uh, Dar- look can we just plug darren yeah. duffy again everybody yes. go back the, yeah the the doctors were incredible it's amazing how bad we're tr- treating people who work in our health service and then we have another one coming shortly about people's lived experience of uh of home so uh, look yeah and, and you know again you know we're up as we um we're up over half a million downloads which is a very very significant number um, I I see I you I know you're a lot more because we changed the analytics but on that baseline it is that number so I think I I we when we changed hosting service we lost a lot of analytics Rory but nonetheless half a million lovely benchmark and well deserved yeah, no, and it's great. So many people are listening and, you know, people do meet me and say, look, I listen to the podcast. It's great. You know, it really gives me a lot. And, 
it's lovely you know people do say that to me it's lovely when you hear you know what we're doing people really value it and they do uh, get a lot out of it and i hope i hope she doesn't mind me saying i met enya kennedy the other evening who was one of the people who told her personal stories about living in emergency accommodation and uh we had a lovely hug immediately as if we had met before even though we don't even met on zoom yeah and it was just pl- and and that's the power of the podcast as well yeah yeah no it is and, and it, you know it's um interesting my neighbor uh Niall, i'll give him a shout out was uh complimenting the echo chamber and the podcast and saying you know just so so good you know and so important and it is important and and to continue you know it what is. we're doing in providing that and there's so much more we could be doing i uh, only thinking of mental health and that report that was out horrific report but anyway we can't we don't we will, have time we, to get into we, that we, we will we will we'll come we, back to it we, we, and, and that's the thing we do spin, we spin a lot of plates and sometimes we we something wobbles but we get to it let's get to the report rory the cso report is out and what are your initial thoughts yeah so the census um of 2022 is out and that is the First, there's a number of aspects within the census which will be coming out. Um, they, there was an initial housing one. This is the full, what they call, profile of housing in Ireland. Um, and listeners this won't be hugely surprised from what's in it. Um, but there are a number of things that I suppose it really shows in detail. And this is, I suppose, the significance and importance of the census is that figures around, you know, home ownership, renting, um, you know, what's going on with vacancy, all that. A lot of the stats we get and the data is based on survey data. So it's mm. like it's a small number of a proportion of the general population. But the importance of the census data is that that is everybody. It is everybody, more or less everybody included in the country. And so it's not just the survey data. It's actually full on. This is the picture. Um, And what it shows is headline you know analysis going through it today um we are now just 66 percent of households are homeowners which is down from 68 percent in 2016 it's uh when you look look back there in 1991 we had the highest level of home ownership it was almost 80 percent 79 percent so when we look at um and that was 1991 we look at how many years is that in 10 30 years of neoliberalism mm. and our home ownership rates have fallen and home ownership was supposedly the heart of the neoliberal dream of course it wasn't it was about financializing housing but i'll drill down into some of the age groups and what you see is that in 2011 um 44% of 30 year olds owned their home but in 2022 that's down to 31% and there's been a big fall in the number who own a home at, again, age 30. Um, sorry, the level of that fall is a 56% fall. And there was, in 2011, 89,000 people age 30 owned their home. In 2022, just 39,000. And you've got to consider the population is up 8% as well. Exactly, exactly. And the thing about these, there is a fly in the ointment of this in terms of this as, as a piece of data and a piece of research analysis is it doesn't include the generation stuck at home. So it's as a percentage of independent households. And I, I want to be clear on this as well, because other we've seen lots of reports coming out in the last 10 days, one of which was talking about, um, and I saw several 
what I will call right-wing economists, you don't have to worry, right-wing economists saying that the, the, the level of households with excess uh, income where, where, you know, one of the best, never mind the housing crisis, what that wasn't taken into account was the trapped at home generation whose income was included in the, in the household. So you could have, you know, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have young people at home whose income uh, is included with the overall household income. And, right? and it was staggering though, that economists chose to pretend that that was not, that that was not a, an influence influence on that statistic. When we know, as you've just outlined, in a decade, we've moved from where people like people used to, to mock, say, the Italian way of life, where you have three households in in one you know in one home that they the, the grandparents, the parents, and the children yeah. all came up and all. We've literally been moving towards that space, but not by choice. Uh, absolutely, and uh, uh, not by cultural. Um, no, say say you know in terms of uh, cultural choice, but also in terms of our general culture of you know, adults being able to be independent when they live at home. We still here have the the mothers and fathers running around with holy water at the thought of a child having sex in the house and yeah, yeah. You know, that. Um but what's it, it is significant and it is important to point in a way it, you know there's a real caveat needed on these because you're talking half a million plus young and not so young people stuck living at home with parents. So you know that's you're talking there that's equivalent to the entire renting uh, households, you know, half a million rent. So, so you households. add you add that together, and we're talking about a large, like a significant minority of the entire population. Yes, exactly. You are. You're talking that, and that will come out in the population when the, we get the population statistics from the census. We'll get that. Unfortunately, it's not in this. Yeah, I but, you know, but we we have enough to guide us on that. Oh, but we what, do. We do. Can, can but, I ask you? It does, you dis- on, on, it go, does go distort. The level of fall of home ownership, it's much yes. greater than what is being captured. And I think that's um, really crucial. You know, that that is key. The other point that then is the the flip side of the fall in home ownership. It's not that people are, you know, not, uh, turning um, and being able to take up loads of public housing and social housing as an alternative to home ownership, which would be, you know, perfectly good and, and, and ideal in many ways. And you wouldn't be as concerned about the drop in home ownership. But the problem is the drop in home ownership is because people are been left renting uh, mm-hmm. privately for longer um, and more people are renting. And what was quite significant in the, in the stats here and in the census is that it, we, you know, you saw the figure from the SRI last year, um, a couple of weeks ago around the under 40s, the collapse in home ownership and the, the rise yeah. in, in contrast to the over 40s. But actually, um, what you see in this, and this is very, very significant, is that they have figures for the number of people renting who are older, people who mm. are privately renting. So I have analyzed the data and I uh, put them together there. And we now have 143,000 households over 40, aged Mm. over 40, who are renting privately. That is 43% of all renters, private renters, are now over 40. And of course, the issue with that is their likelihood of being able to get a mortgage it, 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 look, I'll tell you from a financial point of view, the longer the term is, the better, the more likely you are to get the mortgage. So if you're yeah. if you want the mortgage over over 40, you better hope you have a chunk of change that you inherited to uh, pay a huge deposit. It's, it's just much less likely. And, and the significance of that is they're stuck in the private rental sector, uh, which is unaffordable. It's insecure. So the number of people who are between 40 and 45 who are renting privately is up 60 percent between 2011 
I'll, um, I'll give you another scary statistic on that. The number of people over 65, 65 yeah. and over is up 83% since the yeah. last stat census. Yeah. Now, at that sort of statistic where you put that into context of what you've just said, uh, and then they talk about the pensions time bomb. Mm -hmm. What they've actually done is, is is pulled because many people knew that the pension was that at least they had their home and they could afford, you know, to live yeah. maybe on a state pension with a with a little small supplement. But what are we doing now to a majority of people? Yeah, like, absolutely. And and I calculated that um, adding the figures over fifty five, mm. there are forty four thousand households renting from a private landlord over fifty five. Like, what are they going to do? Um, so that's that's a really big one. Um, the other thing is, again, the one bit where I found you could capture the generation who have been locked out uh, of a home at all, generation stuck at home, is the collapse um, in the number of people renting who are aged between 25 and 29. Mm. So you see that we have now 25,000 less people aged 25 to 29 renting than in 2011, fall by 35%. So that shows they it's not that there's been a huge increase in home ownership uh, or going into social housing in those groups. They, they are can't, They can't even get somewhere to rent. Exactly. exactly. I, 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 to give Martin credit, he calls it the failure to launch generation, but it's not their failure. No, 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 no. It's 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 the I call them generation shafted. They're the absolute yeah. ones who've yeah. been made pay for, you know, all the crash, the you know, the economic uh, so-called recovery, the recovery in property prices, the bringing in the investor funds, uh, the failure to shift the model after the Celtic Tiger to continue on um, boosting landlords profits and um, allowing landlords run uh, roughshod over uh, uh, renters. And, and the data that's in this then here in terms of that, in terms of renters, we see that the average weekly rent is up 37% since 2016, 37%. Um, there are four times, there are now 52,000 households paying over €400 Euro per month in rent. In 2016, there was just 13,000 households. So that's like, you know, you've over 10 times more households paying over 400 per week in rent than in 2011. Um, in 2011, there was just 5,000 households paying over 400 euro per and, week in rent. And Rory, are you surprised by any of it? Uh, I'm not surprised by any of it. No, I've been obviously tracking this and highlighting it um, and uh, studying it. No, there's nothing in this that surprises me. It's all you know, unfortunately, bang on and what I've been, you know, arguing and, and you know, pointing to and highlighting that this is the longer term trends. Um, and so there's there's nothing surprising in this. It, it, it's all what I've been pointing to. Um, the I think one one I, I you know, hopefully it will again, it, it just shows that, you know, statistics at times can be argued over and back, but you can't. You can't argue with the census. No. You know, the census is there. And um, I think we really need to highlight these and again, show them. Um, th there is another interesting stat I found around um, the number of tenancies registered with the RTB. I highlighted this before. Um, they're in the census. Mm -hmm. It has 330,000 households renting from a private landlord. How many landlords are registered with the RTB? Oh, Would tell say? me. I'd say half a half a million anyway. <laughs> Two hundred and seventy-six thousand. So, so there's a yeah. It's it's like the Bermuda Triangle of, of so compliance. You have fifty-four thousand 
households are are renting. Uh, sorry, fifty four thousand households are additional renting according to the census than are registered with the RTB. Uh, that and, makes uh, sense, and that would be one of the reasons that the government keep jumping in as well. People aren't really struggling that much because they're not claiming their rent credit. Exactly. So fifty. Uh, that's a lot. That's higher than what I thought. If there was maybe, but that's a lot. Like fifty. It's, it's, 54,000 um, hmm. households who are privately renting their landlord hasn't registered them with the RTB. That's yeah, no, a lot. Out of, out of the, I, like I would have thought that. And of course, it's just, illegal. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, I know. But we keep having this conversation about what's what's illegal and what's enforceable. And, I, you know, we, like I, I heard or what's the, enforced rather mm-hmm. than enforceable. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I'm glad you I'm glad you pulled me up on that because it's always quite funny where the um. Where, where the resources go to get these things done, you know, exactly. and and, and yeah. that's really important to point out that the RTB, if you underfund something, I mean, I saw it the other day and I couldn't stop laughing and, and excuse the, the self-deprecation here, but I saw SIPO weren't interested in the National Party getting with their 400,000 uh, 400, worth of gold. And I said, the only way SIPO could be less useful is if they started a podcast, you know, <laughs> so it's... I just wanted to have a little shot at myself for it. But you got, you get my point. So, so, but here's the, can I reframe the question we said where you were you shocked and ask you then when you saw the trends, are you still still surprised that the government currently in control right now, who've been this is their second term because they were in a confidence and supply arrangement, are still getting away with this passive voice of, you know, they can say, yes, we're getting these statistics now and we're going to react on them. And you're going, what have you been doing for the last 12 years in Finnegale's case and six and a half, nearly seven years in, in Finnegale's case. Yeah, it, it's so frustrating. It is like, you know, you say it's not shocking, but it's frustrating. Um, and it's so angering to see, like behind all the statistics, as we always say, Tony, you know, and mm-hmm. why we put so much effort on on getting people, given the podcast as a platform for people to sell, tell their story, is that behind each of these numbers is a person, a family, an individual, a Darren, you know, uh, who are utterly shafted, struggling, living in anxiety, pain, trauma, um, because of this. And it's utter, it, it shows utter failure on their part. And of course, then straight away you go, well, it's not actually failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's success for investors. It's success for landlords. It's success for um rising you know the the property values um but it is utter failure and it is the one thing that frustrates me a little is is that that generation stuck at home at home are hidden in this yeah and it sort of leaves it uh, a little bit um them off the hook and well hang on it not just leaves them off the hook as i said there were Right, not leaves them off the hook, but, no, no, but allows them, allows last them week actually saying, right wing economists saying look how wealthy these households are yeah this yeah. is what so, so so your position in saying what was effectively a life delayed, as Hemet Kirwan famously said to me and yeah. you back in 2019. Yeah. Um and actually saying well, it's actually a good thing because now we've got these incomes coming into a household, and maybe we could actually look at some ways of getting screwing them out a bit more because you know that young fella who's who's trapped at home paying um a couple of quid to his mom and dad, he could probably we could squeeze more out of him um, because yeah. The, 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 yeah. Be, like 
And the other, the other interesting one that that I think they'll they'll again try and uh, and I was disappointed with how it was presented in the in the uh, census was the the issue of vacancy and dereliction. Oh, yeah. um, the headline is you know a ten percent fall in levels of vacancy, but I would have put a different headline. I would have put still one hundred and sixty three thousand vacant properties, mm. um, and and really significantly thirty three thousand vacant rental properties. 7% of all rental properties were vacant. In Dublin City, 5,000 vacant rental properties. In Galway, 35% of all rental properties in Galway are vacant, according to the census. And ve- and Galway has a really severe housing so, but you're going and, and they say in the figures that, you know, and really important, these are not derelict properties. These are properties that are pretty much livable in. Um, so they're highly likely to be Airbnb, um, and also they they're they're likely to be just investments of people that are just leaving them sit there because, like I, I remember when the Robert Troy controversy um, happened and it came out that he had had a property that he was leaving sit there that mm. he hadn't registered with the RT, but then he said I don't rent it, and it's like you have a property that you don't rent, and and it was really kind of showed me that there are these people. Who have multiple properties? I will just leave them sit there, right. and other people will sh- will you know are sending me images of vacant, perfectly good properties sitting vacant because they're investments and there's no proper tax on them. Um, so I think that again has to be you know the government will try and and twist this as oh you know our vacancy levels are are not that high they're falling so we don't really have to you know, go after it, but really we should be buying well, it. Well, well to, to push back on what they're going to say, you can really point out the fact that there's so many people in that 30 to 35 uh, age category now that are that are living in shared bed spaces, Rory. Now okay. we have them. Now we have these people who are renting over 30 and can't get their own room. Yeah. Okay, and I think that's nearly ten thousand up. Then you know, so this is these are bed spaces we're talking about, not rooms. These are people who now have to share a room uh, in and, that and, age. And we've seen we're going to see on RT primetime, yes, uh, on Monday the sex for rent, um, which the Irish Examiner highlighted for a long time. Year, they've been talking about time ago, yeah. um, but utterly disgusting, but not surprising again when people are in such desperate situations, um. You know this horrific, horrific exploitation. We're going to hear about it, um, and linked directly with the lack of housing, the lack of ability to have people to have any other option. And this, of course, is the much wider, um, you know, when I talk about trauma and that, you know, you have people who are stuck in abusive relationships, can't leave domestic violence and domestic abuse because there's nowhere to go and there's not suitable available housing, and and. This is linked and this is directly affecting that again, back to the the people who are suffering behind this. And, you know, the government will try and and massage these figures away and spin them away. But, uh, you know, I think we need to um, continue to highlight the the truth. And beyond that, we need to actually say, you know, how did we go from the, the headline here really is we skipped two generations in a decade of people who can afford their own homes. Yeah. That's what we've done. And, and so we've now moved from you could you could get out by 25 to 26. It's now in that, you know, 35, 36, pushing towards 40 category to get out of your own home. And that is the tearing up the social contract in a nutshell. So it we are, and like all of and the added things. tens of thousands of people who are heading or in uh, retirement 
yes stock renting privately it's, it's that like i mean that's the, terrifying and they it, are terrified yes of course they are and should be yeah. i mean yeah. um I've, and again it, it's it's an argument for bringing back the eviction ban as well and, and that need for a proper security of tenure because if they're if they know where to go, I just, to I just I, if I could plead with you on one thing, stop calling it an eviction ban and start telling it what it is. Proper proper rebalancing Security of tenure. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's yeah, all we're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and and then the, if if I could end on one little thing as well, which was which was another thing that was flagged, but again kind of flew under the radar, is the lack of um, progress we've made in terms of greening homes, in terms yeah. of retrofitting and solar panels. And that comes back to we're, we're, we're facing so many crises at the same time. We have a housing crisis. We have a cost of living crisis and everybody falls into this category of whether you're, you, you're either affluent enough to own a Tesla and get your house ret- retrofitted. And the Tesla is probably just, you know, a part that you also probably have an SUV as well. I'm sorry, but Rory, you know this. I, I'm, and or you don't qualify for the, for the grants that you want to get them done. And then if you are at the bottom and you qualify the grants, you're probably in rented accommodation. It's up to the landlord to, to instigate some of these things. The lack of progress on that, going back to what Sorsha Exton said, there is no climate action without social justice. And those figures, I think, are starting to come out in the, in, in the census. They are, yeah. I think it was just 6% of households had solar panels. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there, there's a massive, massive inequality and gap there. Um, but again, you know, the other side of this is, is you know, again, I've been contacted by people who are um, part of, you know, who are suffering from this generation locked out and generation rent and generation stuck at home uh, who are just utterly sick of it and are are standing up in different ways and will, of course, vote very, very differently in the next election. And and um, the are protesting and, you know, we're seeing Katu, the tenants union organizing, you know, we're seeing, I'm speaking down in Galway at the arts festival this weekend about, you know, the artists and we're seeing the expression of housing in lots of different ways through art um, and resistance. And the, as we, as we record here, Martin Lee's on week 68 outside the door. Yeah, yeah. Fair play, Martin. It is utterly, utterly fantastic what you're doing. And there are, you know, protests by tenants, protests by public housing tenants, you know, action happening. Um, so that is the hope, you know, and that is where the change is coming from. And and again, we have a broader societal, I think, values shift. And mm. from this, you know, things being so bad, you know, I hope that, and I think that there is a change in, in the public attitudes and we're going to see that in the next election. And we're seeing I, it now uh, already. I, if I could plug Kevin Cunningham when he said it to me, uh, the Mr. Ireland thinks he runs Ireland thinks that the, the poll company, yeah. and he, he said that, that the polls right now, he wasn't so gone on them because he said when the campaign is called, when the general election is called, people then start to focus in and make up their minds. Yeah. And I genuinely think that what we've seen, and another statistic for you, Rory, is that I, I don't know if you spotted this, but it looks like based on, and again, this is all, you know, it's hard to to put meat on the bones with housing statistics, but it looks like they maybe put 3,000 uh, units under this year and definitely into next year. Oh, they will be. Yeah, yeah. they will be. Yeah. And, 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 and when that starts to happen, that's no good heading into a general election when... No. When you actually have the Taoiseach admitting we need to be closer to 50, never mind yeah. 30. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, listen, I, I think it's it's uh, it's worth giving it the time and uh, people can check it out. The CSO is, is online, well worth a look through. They present the statistics very, very well. Um, they do. 
and uh, it's very user friendly. So I would encourage people to have a look. I'll, I'll, I'll put the link in here. And thanks for doing this, Rory, at short notice. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for doing it at short notice. And I think if, if anything else, again, a little bit of a little bit of feedback for you. My God, uh, take a, take a couple of evenings off. Every time I look at you, you're somewhere talking. Would you stop? You know. <laughs> I know, sick of myself talking at this point. But anyway, there's people listening uh, yeah. and lots of nodding heads, which is nice to nice to see. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think it is the mood of change is grown and uh, there is a lot of listening going on and people are open to it in a way and open to the ideas in a way that did not exist, you know, a couple of years ago. So that is yeah. great. And that does give hope. So thank you so much to our listeners and for the feedback we get and Listen, as always, we ask if you can share the podcast around on social media, let people know you're listening. Um, and if you can as well, take action, social action, education, information, voting, protest, whatever you can, uh, disrupt, dissent and become a patron of Reboot Republic on over to patreon.com forward slash tortoise track and help us keep keep this uh, rodeo on the road. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you all very soon. 